That was fun, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Just kind of realize that sometimes we rely on things that aren't absolutely necessary. Yeah, a bit like church in other parts of the world. Uh, I want to share something with you this morning, but uh, I've been torn all week between a couple of things. And so let me just give you kind of a heads up of where we're going at the end. But uh, I felt the Holy Spirit say that today's the day. Today's the day for some people. I don't know what that means for you. We'll see But by the time we get to the end. Uh, I've talked a number of times about learning to hear God speak to us. I realize that we have people from a lot of different church backgrounds or different experience. And so every once in a while we come back to this and it's a little bit different today. Let me give you a little bit of background before we get into that. And that is that uh, salvation, when we get saved, it's the entrance into the kingdom of God. It's not the totality, it's just the beginning. And uh, salvation is how we get in. We come into relationship with Jesus. I shared uh, last year, salvation has three parts. Okay, the Bible says at one place that we're saved. It says we're being saved and it says we will be saved. And so we're saved. The theological word is justification. And it means that at the instant we come to Jesus, some things happen. Our spirit is born again. Our sin is removed. We're restored to relationship all in an instant. It takes place when we surrender to Jesus. But it also says we're being saved. The word in that theological term is sanctification, which means that we're being changed. We're being transformed. So it means that the kingdom of God is so different than the world that we have to actually think differently when we become part of that kingdom. And so we're being transformed by the renewing of our mind. Uh, we're, we're thinking differently. We're seeing how the kingdom is different than the world. We're understanding the truth of the kingdom, and that's a process. Salvation, our spirit being born again is instant. Our soul, or our mind, will, and emotions being transformed is a process. And then there's a third part, which is you will be saved. And the, the theological term for that is glorification. It's basically, is your body hasn't been redeemed yet. When Jesus comes again and we, we're with him, there's no aging, there's no sickness, there's no pain, there's no sorrow. That's glorification. It will happen. So we're saved, we're being saved, and we will be saved. But all of that, understanding that, is just the entrance to this kingdom. And so once we're part of the kingdom, we have this wonderful privilege of partnering with God for what he's doing. The extension of his kingdom, ministry, every one of us, the Bible says we're all ministers. We're all not just saints as uh, Fiona said, we are saints, but we're also ministers. We get the privilege of partnering with him. We get to actually do the work. Now, part of that is preaching the gospel with signs and wonders following. That's not left for a few evangelists. That's what we all get to do. It's called kingdom ministry. And that's what we've been talking about for the last number of weeks, being effective in kingdom ministry. Because we're all 
a kingdom, we're part of the kingdom, and we're all ministers or saints. Are you still with me? Good. Turn with me to John chapter 10. I'm going to read you three scriptures, and then I'm going to say a couple things, and I'm going to read you a whole lot more scriptures. I tend to do that, don't I? John chapter 10. Uh, I told the, uh, the overhead guys, verse 4, they're going to put that up in a second. Uh, but I'm going to start at 2, just because I like it. It basically says this, for he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. He's talking about being a shepherd. And the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. And then verse four, and when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. That's wonderful. Uh, Verse 27 of that same chapter, it says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. They follow me because they know, know, my, know his voice. Romans chapter eight, verse 14, says, for as many as are led by the spirit of God, these are sons of God. So we're talking about following him, but we're being led by the Spirit as well. And then one more, just to to confuse you completely. I'm good at that too. Uh, John 18, verse 37. uh, Pilate says, are you the king? And he said, you have rightly said I'm king. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I've come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. So we're talking about learning to hear God speak to us. I want to say this. God speaks to us in two major ways. There's a lot of other ways, but two major ways. He speaks to us through his word, and he speaks to us by his spirit. Okay? There's both. And we need to understand both. Uh, 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in in righteousness. That word inspiration in the Greek, you've heard me say this before, literally means God breathed. So all scripture is given by inspiration. Psalm 119, 160 says the entirety of your word is truth. And every one of your righteous judgments endures forever. So God's word is truth. And one more, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, says, God who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past by, to the fathers by the prophets, goes on to say, has now spoken to us by his son. And so the word of God is God-breathed. It's God, what God has spoken in the past, and the Spirit of God is what God is speaking. John 14, 26 says, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Chapter 16, verse 13 and 14. 
I'm going to read it from mine because I'm tired of turning my back to you. Uh, Chapter, where am I? 16, verse 13 and 14, talking again about the Holy Spirit, says, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. And one more, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse uh, 7 and 8. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is about the uh, manifestations of the Spirit. And verse 7 it says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one, that's every one of us, for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through, it, through the Spirit, to another word of knowledge through the same Spirit. It goes on and talks about them. I don't want to get into all those But what I want to say is this. God speaks to us through two major ways, the Word and the Spirit. The Word is God's revelation of himself. In it, we get to know his character and nature. We get to know what he's like. We also get to know his plan. We see something amazing. Sorry, this is too short for me. I'm feeling very tall today. We also get to see his plan. And if you understand the the progressive uh, unrolling revelation of the Bible, it leads to this wonderful point, which is the new covenant, where we're restored to relationship with God and we get to be part of what he's doing. So it shows us his nature and character, shows us his plan, it also shows us his kingdom. Again, this kingdom that is so different than the world. In fact, Jesus spoke more about the kingdom than about anything else. In fact, the very first message Jesus preached publicly was think differently, the kingdom's here. That's what repent. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Change your thinking because the kingdom of heaven has come. It's totally different than the world. So we see that in the word. The result of the word in us is that we begin to understand truth. We gain wisdom. Wisdom, I could talk a long time about, but wisdom is basically to see the results of our decisions, to know what's down the road, what's coming. It's not prophetic. It's just, if I do this, this will happen. Pretty nice to know, huh? So the result of the word is that we know truth. We gain wisdom. We get understanding. Psalm says, in all you're getting, get understanding. We become transformed in our mind. In fact, the Bible actually says that we eventually have the mind of Christ. You can have all that with just the word. But, while the word is God's revelation of himself, the spirit is God's guidance in ministry and specific life application. He's the one who comes alongside. Again, back to John chapter 14. We were there earlier. But verse 16, uh, Jesus says, I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Again, that word helper, parakletos in the Greek, 
is translated, one, it literally means one who comes alongside. It's translated helper, comforter, friend. So it's basically one who comes alongside. His main purpose is giving us guidance. I mean, for instance, the Bible says a lot, the word says a lot about marriage. You can read a lot about that, but there's nowhere that I could find that it said Russ Doty should marry Mary Eason. That's why I need the Holy Spirit. That's why I need the guidance for specific application. You can begin to, another illustration, you can begin to pray for someone. We did last week. You can begin to pray for someone and release the Holy Spirit's presence and power. But at the same time, the Holy Spirit can speak to you a word of knowledge. Pray this way or a word of wisdom. This is something that's happening. So we can release the power of the Spirit simply because we understand the word and that he's in us. But in the process of ministering, it's not left us to figure out what to do. The Holy Spirit comes along as a guide. We'd be foolish to leave that part out. I have some notes here somewhere, but I can't. So how do we learn to recognize the voice of the Spirit? I want to just share with you a little bit of my own experience. When I was in university, I, as I said before, I was raised in an uh, evangelical church. Really, it was a cessationist belief. I didn't realize at the time too much later. But basically, cessationists believed that the supernatural working of God ceased with the apostles. And so they didn't believe there was any supernatural today. But something happened. And I lived in Southern California in the uh, late 1960s. There was a moving of the Spirit of God called the Charismatic Renewal or, or movement or outpouring. And I got filled with the Holy Spirit. And uh, it was all new to me. I hadn't been raising that. Nobody was teaching me. But I remember the first time that the Holy Spirit gave me a word of wisdom. I was a... Uh, as I said, a student at uh, Azusa Pacific University, which is where Mary and I met. And there was a small group that met on Friday nights uh, that were filled with the Spirit. And again, this outpouring of the Spirit was happening. And there was some uh, hesitation on the part of the administration about this. And pe this, people in this group were, were really, really concerned and anxious. And, and uh, I just, I was... It's hard to, for you to realize this, but I'm actually quite shy. Uh, and so I, in that group, I never said anything. Uh, but in the midst of that, I just said something that I felt, you know, hey, this isn't a big deal. And if we just continue on, nobody said we can't meet. And everyone just stopped and went, wow, that was a word of wisdom. And I thought, no, that was just common sense. It seemed incredibly natural. 
But as a result of that, I asked God to teach me to hear his voice. And every Sunday morning when I would read the Bible, I would turn to something or I'd feel drawn to some scripture and I'd read it. And it was the same scripture that the pastor preached every Sunday for 75 weeks. I'm really slow. See, what God was showing me was my problem wasn't hearing him speak. My problem was recognizing that it was his voice and not my own. See, the problem was it didn't come with fireworks. I expected if it's the Spirit of God coming, there's going to be fireworks or something's going to, I'm going to know. He's going to stop me. I'm going to get taken over somehow. There's going to be something. But what I found out that almost without exception, there's absolutely nothing that distinguishes the Holy Spirit. So my problem wasn't hearing God speak, it was recognizing his voice. Why does he do that? I've always wondered about this. There's a lot of things I'm gonna ask Jesus when I get to heaven. He hasn't given me the answer to this one. Uh, Lord, why didn't you make it different? Then we know it was you. And the conclusion I come to is that it still takes faith to respond to what we think is the Spirit. If he did it with fireworks, if he actually took over my, my thinking or something, did something, put me in handcuffs, I don't know what he would do, but something. If he did something like that, there'd be no faith. I would know it was God. That's what I'd like. I would like to, to know. I would like to have some way. It still takes faith. Which means that we need to approach the sharing of the things that we feel like God's saying with humility. I think God is saying this. See, often we don't know that it was the Holy Spirit till afterwards. You have a word of knowledge, which, which literally means that you know something that you don't know. God says something about someone, and you don't know it. It's not natural knowledge. Now, you could get all spiritual and try and convince them of something, or you could simply say, I feel like God's saying this. If it is the Holy Spirit, they already know it. They know that God's speaking to them because they know that you didn't know what you just shared. What is that? It's called a manifestation of the Spirit. The Spirit is seen. But we have to approach it with a, a very humble uh, attitude. So not only does it require faith, but we also have to be sure to give him glory. See, the danger 
is I think I'm just a really wise person. See, that word of wisdom wasn't really the Holy Spirit. It was just me. Because it seems so natural, I must really be wise. Now, see, part of the the result of studying the word and understanding and coming to a place is that we gain wisdom. And and all you're getting, get wisdom. So we gain wisdom. And so I think, well, I just know the Bible better than everyone else. And so pride enters in. And what does pride do? Comes before a fall. And pretty soon we think it's us and not him. Or we think it was how I prayed that someone got healed. If you just prayed how I prayed. Or it was my spirituality, my holiness. I'm more holy. If you really want to get healed, get me to pray for you. Because I'm right up there with Jesus. Don't ask Tim. Because he's not quite as, well actually the other way around. (laughs) Ask Tim. He's much more holy than I am. Uh, But the issue is it's not us. When we recognize that God chooses to use us, it still requires faith, but he also gets all the glory. He gets the credit. Yes, I had the privilege of being a part of what he was doing, but it wasn't because it was me, it was because of him. I've said this before, but let me just say it again. Uh, kind of like the, the analogy, the story of the fly on the elephant's back. And the elephant walked across a, a bridge, and the bridge shook, and the fly said afterwards, boy, didn't we make that bridge shake? <laughs> Sometimes it's like that. God uses us, and we say, oh, look what we did. No, we didn't do anything. He did. We simply obeyed. Now, what that does is it takes all the pressure off us. So, what does this mean for today? All that was, was preparation for this. I felt this morning the Holy Spirit say, today's the day. Today's the day. And I had this picture of some people standing on the bank of a, a slowly moving river, river, just looking. There were people swimming, there were people having fun, but there were people looking, but they weren't participating. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, for some here today, today's the day for you to actually get in the water. Not to just watch. That could mean that you've been looking at this whole thing about Jesus and you haven't actually decided to become a follower of him yet. But he's saying to you, today's the day. It could mean that for some of you, You've been looking at this thing of the infilling of the Spirit and the baptism of the Spirit, and you've been saying, I want to take a look at this. But the problem is you can become paralyzed by your analysis, the paralysis of analysis. I'm going to keep looking. Reality is that you know in your heart. And God's just saying, today's the day. For some, 
you've heard about kingdom ministry and you've hesitated. You think other people can do that. Trish White shared with our uh, small group on Wednesday that she went out on, on last Friday night with Richard. There's a group that goes out and just shares on the street. And uh, she decided to go along and just felt the Holy Spirit told her to go pray. She says she's not an evangelist, and so, but she can pray. So she went along, and she said she was just really thrilled to see uh, the whole group of young people. And Richard went right up to them and began to, to talk with them. And, and uh, she just thought, man, I could never do that. That's wonderful that he can do that. But she's in the background praying. But the Holy Spirit had told her, felt, she felt the Holy Spirit had told her, there's one person that I'll light up for you. It, you'll know. And so while Richard was sharing with this group, and there was one young lady who had all the answers. Everything Richard asked, she answered, but it wasn't hard. And, and Trish said she saw this other gal sitting over here on the side. And the Holy Spirit said, she's the one. So Trish just went and sat beside her and said, you want to give your heart to Jesus tonight, don't you? That's all. And she said, yes, I do. So would you like to pray? She said, yes, I would, but I don't know how. So Trish, being the unevangelist she is, called Richard. <laughs> I said, Richard, come and share with this, this gal. And again, as Trish shared the, the story, the gal gave her heart to Jesus. Trish got to be part of that simply because she was willing to go pray. God's pursuing people. Ministry. A kingdom of priests. We're called to be ministers. There's some here that you know God's hands on you as it is on all of us, but you've been standing on the sidelines watching for some reason waiting, and God's saying, today's the day. Today's the day for you to enter. Today's the day for you to move forward and recognize that his spirit is upon you. I'm gonna ask you if you'd stand. If you can. Before we respond to that, let me just share with you the, the truth in, in my heart. I find the word part a whole lot easier than I find the spirit part. I find talking about the word and what it means and what God says and understanding his plan a whole lot easier than the spirit part. So for me to share, I believe God's saying today is the day, I find very risky. Because there is a subjective part of that. Is it the spirit or is it me? There were no fireworks. When I say this morning, I felt the Holy Spirit say that, I struggled all week with, I got so far in what I was sharing and then I just, it stopped. And I had nothing. And Mary said, what are you preaching tomorrow? I said, I don't know. I've got this part, but it doesn't go anywhere. I went to bed last night saying, Lord, am I even going to get to preach tomorrow? And then the lights went out. I went, oh, yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Someone turn the lights out again, will you? <laughs> but I felt the Holy Spirit was saying that today is the day for some people. If that's the Holy Spirit speaking to you, you know it. 
I don't have to try and convince you. I don't have to pound the Bible. I'm not very good at pounding the Bible, am I? (laughs) See, the wonderful thing about partnering with the Holy Spirit is that it doesn't actually depend on us. We simply share what we feel like he's saying, and then he gets to move. He gets to touch people. He gets to show himself. It's a manifestation of the spirit. Manifestation means to make seen or known. It's not a manifestation of Russ Doty's holiness. It's not a manifestation of Russ Doty's education. It's a manifestation of the spirit. That's the wonderful thing. So while you're standing, if you, if you are, would you just bow your head, close your eyes for a moment? That's not a more spiritual position. It simply sometimes keeps us from being distracted by others. Today is the day. It's a day for someone to say, yes, from today I follow Jesus. It's a day for someone to say, yes, I surrender to the Holy Spirit. I want to learn to hear and distinguish the voice of the Spirit. For some, today is the day but he said, yes, God's called me as a minister. It doesn't mean full-time ministry. It simply means that's part of what I'm on the planet for. Why I'm still here. To partner with him. Today's the day. I believe for others. I'm going to go out on a limb here. I believe for others it's the day that God wants to touch you and fulfill some things he's promised, some things you've been believing I'm not sure what that is, but I believe that for some, today's the day. You've been believing for something, and God's, I just feel like he's saying, today's the day. How will I, I know that that's God if it actually, the Holy Spirit speaks to you? However, If God is speaking to you, can I just encourage you, respond to him. Respond to him. If you haven't surrendered your life to him, it's the greatest adventure this life has to offer. We begin to live in part of a kingdom that is everything we dreamt life should be. If you haven't surrendered to the Spirit, you need his power. You'd be foolish to not have him as a guide. And if you haven't actually recognized the call of God as a minister. So what does that mean? Because it's so natural, sometimes you're talking to somebody and you just feel like, I should pray for that person. 
Is that me or is that the Holy Spirit? Who cares? Just do it. Seriously. If it's not sin or evil, just do it. Is it the mind of Christ or is it the Spirit? Doesn't matter. God sometimes gives you something to share with someone and it doesn't seem supernatural, but the Holy Spirit uses it and breaks in and changes, touches their heart. What a privilege. Just do it. Holy Spirit, we just thank you that we have the word and that we can know you and your ways and your plan and that we can be conformed to your image that we can gain wisdom and understanding, but we also thank you that we have your spirit and that in that you speak to us both through your word and through your spirit. And so Lord, in that atmosphere of your Holy Spirit, I just thank you that you're speaking to people today. We're gonna be dismissed in a moment. I'm gonna give you an invitation that if today's the day for you to meet Jesus, if you would just come to the front here on my left. Stephen Barb, would you just stand over here for a moment? These guys would love to pray with you. If you haven't actually surrendered and received the, the Holy Spirit, I'm gonna ask you to come over to my right, your left, Johan, if you want to just stand over there. These aren't the spirit gurus and these aren't the salvation gurus. It's just someone for you to actually come to and see. Uh, if it's just a response to, to get in the, the stream of ministry, you actually do that anytime and anywhere. So as we're dismissed, I'm gonna just invite you. If it's today, if the Holy Spirit's speaking in your heart, today's the day to respond to him, would you do that? For all of us, let's realize the incredible privilege we have of, of carrying his presence to everywhere we go and everyone we meet. And who knows what adventures he has for us. Would you pray? Lord, help me hear your voice. And then would, would you allow me to partner with you this week in ministry? Dangerous prayer. Because he'll actually do that. And it will be amazing. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for your presence and for what you're doing. Just declare your blessing over each one. Thank you that we were able to worship in spite of no power. And thank you that the power came on anyway. Now bless everyone with your presence, with your power. Cause your face to shine upon us in Jesus' name. Amen.